Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. do this i just want to read twitter all day long and watch what's happening dude people are ruthless portrykis is getting destroyed everyone loves everyone loves jimmy leonard obviously let's just jump into this i mean david we got to get to you but dude how exciting okay in the past season dude to you how has this been exciting at all like even though it's been bananas i mean matt this is i mean you you tell me like it sounds like over the last 20 years at least since Maybe Bielma leaving. This is the most drama that Wisconsin football has ever seen. Like, right? In, in the span of 12 months. It's wild. Less than 12 months. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I would say that into the Gary Anderson hiring was a little bizarre. But nobody remembers that. Yeah. No, like, Gary Anderson is not a name in people's brains anymore. Literally. And now, it, and it's always been a Wisconsin guy. Like, someone, and maybe that's, like, the thought of Mac. Like, listen, we've had this for 20 years. We've never competed for the national championship unless like one time. So right. uh, maybe twice when I was there, but we lost two games. So it didn't matter, right? Like, so we weren't competing. Right. So maybe his thought is like, listen, I'm tired of not competing for the national championship. And maybe, listen, Jimmy was my guy. But if it's not going to be Jimmy, I love what I'm seeing here. A hundred percent. I love every bit of it. Like, it's uh, it's one of those things where I love all the guys who come before me. Like, I love Coach Chris. I love Coach Leonard. I think they're fantastic coaches. But you see the direction that college football is heading in, right? And you see the NIL. It's give the run of a football team like you're a CEO. And mm-hmm. I think that bringing a guy like Coach Fickle, it's like saying, like, hey, we're not messing around. We want to compete with U of M. We want to compete with Ohio State year in and year out. And why not? Like, let's win Wisconsin a national championship. We always just kind of, like, talk about it. We never really go out and, like, fully attack it. You know what I mean? We're like, all right, we'll take you one game at a time. But, like, screw it, man. Let's put that limit and let's go for it. I know. I, like, listen, I'm, I'm so – I we can now be about it. And like right. you have guys, listen, yes, I think the Marcus Allen stuff is bananas, but you have dudes who are like, I didn't, I don't want to be here. The situation's not right. And we're not competitive to dudes who are like, wait a second, let me rethink this whole, this whole thought process. I do want to be here. What's going to happen is going to be crazy. Listen, you got guys that are going to leave. It's just the name of the game now with the transfer right. portal. 100%. But, but then you got guys that are going to come in because they're like, yo, Wisconsin's going to do it. Well, you look at the OC they hired, right? And you look at the new O-line coach, like the North Carolina guys coming in. Is it Phil? So learning his name. Longo. Longo? Yeah. Longo. If you've ever, if you've left, ever lived in LA, you know, Longo Toyota. I don't think there's any relation, but the Longo Toyota ads have Colin Coward doing the reads and it's (laughs) Longo Toyota. 
it's like <laughs> the, the biggest volume Toyota dealership in the nation or something like that, you know, and it's Colin Coward doing the ad. So I will not forget that one anytime soon. Yeah, it's the OC. He's bringing uh, his offensive line coach with him. And from what I gather, he is a pretty well-respected offensive line coach, at least around North Carolina message boards, which is about yeah. what I can say, right? So we don't know a ton, but it's going to be a lot different from the days of Joe Rudolph when, when you were there. Yeah. I mean, and I look at, uh, what's the set Jack Brickle? Like, it sounds like the old line coach are bringing in. He, I mean, he was a head coach at Louisiana Tech in the early 2000s, late nineties. He was in the NFL for a lot while. So like the guy knows his stuff. He's been around really good players. And you just look at, you know, North Carolina sort of becoming a, a top football program, the ACC the last couple of years, like it's, it goes to, you know, true testament to those two dudes. And now they're coming over to Wisconsin and they're going to bring this new style of football that we've never seen. And I couldn't be more excited. Like I'm fascinated to see how bull prep goes, what the bowl game looks like. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a little dysfunctional, but then spring ball is going to be <laughs> wild. David, I love your optimism. I, I love it. I hope they need to bring back a real spring game, like a proper spring game. None of this like modified practice modified stable for scoring system kind of thing going on that, that that they have bring back a true spring game want to remind you guys that you are listening to believe in badger football on the believe podcast network presented by betonline.ag we're just getting into it with david mormon here today <laughs> and badger legend matt the hebrew hammer bernstein oh man I'm before so we continue though gotta I'm remind so you guys we are brought to you by betonline.ag they continue to be your number one spot for all of your online sports wagering need nfl nba college football golf esports bowling sure why not world cups going on you name it they've got it over at betonline.ag head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for our video listeners just read the hat baby b-l-e-a-v that's betonline.ag betonline where the game starts we've already started with david mormon let's just keep going let's just keep going like this is insane it's wild times here as we are recording on a thursday afternoon you know what you should bet on bet online who could potentially be a coach and who's going to leave like you could like literally start betting on players leaving and coming to programs oh yeah it's wild i mean like i'm but i'm a huge barstool guy right barstool sports books he's gonna start putting odds out to see like who's leaving next you know what i mean like it's crazy what's going on and it's crazy that, but that's the landscape that we have kind of driven. We're in now. Like that's, it's not anything that my brain can really function around. Listen, I just want to go back to the bowl thing. I'm very nervous for the bowl game. It could be a complete mess. I'm oh, just yeah. excited that these dudes are going to have an opportunity to play. And, you know, it's a way to, to end your career. You like, we all know like that to go to a bowl game is special. You do only really? do it possible well, these guys might have done it seven eight times in their careers because you have it's 40 Justin different Clark's seventh year it, it's I, another thing that's baffles my brain but to go we only went four times because we went to the vacation bowl my first year which was not a bowl game it was you just went home for vacation um uh it was pretty brutal to be honest coaches hate you for that because they're making bonuses off of bowl games and right you don't do it you you know like time to work harder um, but to go to four bowl games, as David, I'm sure you know, it's special. No matter what bowls you go to, pretty much they're all special. Oh, absolutely. And it's one of those things, too. Like, you get so close with that specific team each year. The best gift you can give to the seniors, the guys who come before you, is ending them on a win, right? And I think this bowl game, you, you mentioned it, Bernie. Like, I think it's going to be kind of a 
<laughs> wild. It might be a disaster, but for the sake of Badger football, like I really want them to win that for the seniors. The senior class has been through a lot. A lot of these guys came in and, you know, a couple of good years, like 2018, 2019, when we were firing all cylinders, they helped develop the starters. Then the guys were playing now and now it's their turn to end on a win in a bowl game. So you want to see those guys playing and like on a high note, but at the same time, like selfishly as a fan, as an alumni, I'm kind of like, I don't really care if we win or lose because I just want them to play like young guys in a lot of cases to see what we have on the roster currently or what, you know, what's it going to look like under coach fickle to some degree. I'm sure he's not going to come out and do a whole bunch of changes just because there's not enough time to put a new offense and a new defense, but it's to see how the guys battle for him and, and see what it looks like. I, I'm fascinated to see really, you know, what, what goes down on December 27th. It's uh, it's, it's the guaranteed rate. Um, spring game for uh, Coach Fickle. I mean, really, how, you know, like, you know, like, how do you know these dudes after um, not even a month you get them and you're like, we got to get to bowl ready? And and these guys have played football, so it's not like they're not physically ready, but, right. but bowl prep is a different game. You're playing a different team you've never seen, different styles. Um, On top but- of that, Bernie, the team they're playing – has lost their quarterback to the transfer portal, like a bunch of their players to the transfer and portal as well. Yeah. They're running back. Like they're doing the exact same thing. Now, I'll be with the same coaching staff, right? Gundy, who's been there 20 plus years at this point. But it's so how much can you even garner for that from that? Because you're playing against guys who like don't play for Oklahoma State. It's going to be, I mean, it's the fallout from bowls in general, right? Between opt outs in the portal. How many players are missing bowl games? Like, Dudes are skipping playoff games now, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, yeah. like he could go if it was the title game, but he can't go because it's the semifinal. Like, what kind of – I'm sorry. What kind of crap is that? I know <laughs> you got to like – It's where stock, we are in this world. But it's where we are in this world. So I will say uh, my good friend uh, Kyle Golick wrote a great article on bowl opt-outs over at MikeFarrellSports.com. I'd highly recommend checking that out. Now, David – one of the things I want to ask you is what, when you found out, like the moment you found out that the Wisconsin was going to hire coach fickle, what was your immediate reaction? What was like the first thought that popped into your head? I didn't think it was real. I, it was what well, it was the the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I was back home at my, my parents' house in you know the suburbs of Detroit. And I'm just like watching NFL games with my dad next to me. And I was scrolling through Twitter, like, you know, like I tend to do when you're recovering from a, a Saturday night. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden I see like all these reports like, you know, Coach Fickle's coming to Wisconsin. And I'm like, Dad, there's there's no way. Like, this is some fake Twitter world stuff. Like, I'm sure maybe it was tossed around, but a couple of reporters, Badger guys I trust, they told me yesterday that's a done deal that Coach Leonard's gonna be brought on, on on Sunday or Monday, right? And so I'm in disbelief. And you start like reading the reports and it's all coming in, and you see all the guys on Twitter, like, oh, like this is crazy. Next thing you know, it's like this is a done deal. He's coming. And right out, as soon as I realized it was a done deal, like I immediately thought of coach Leonard just because, um, you know, he was there when I was there towards the last couple of years. And I respect the hell out of him as a coach, as a human, as a badger legend. I mean, the guy is everything badger football is all about, right? The the whole state of Wisconsin is about, and you feel for him right off the bat, but then, you know, the more I thought about it and like growing up in Michigan, like, realizing that Michigan State passed on the year before, being a college football fan, realizing that Notre Dame, or excuse me, he passed on Michigan State, he passed on Notre Dame, he passed on USC, all these quality programs were wanted him. And he chose Wisconsin to go to. That got me excited and fired up right off the bat. And realizing that he was going to bring on a, a little new flavor to Wisconsin, um, 
I, I mean, I was hopeful, right? I'm like optimistic. I'm, you know, you feel bad for the coaches, you feel bad for the players, but I was like, damn, this could get exciting. And then I listened to his press conference and I loved what I heard from his press conference. Like if you're a Badger football fan, if you're an alumni, you couldn't help but, you know, listen to him talk about why he chose Wisconsin and what he thought about the future of the program. And I, and I left that fired up. I wish I had some eligibility left to go back and strap it up, you know, under him. But um, I, I'm optimistic, definitely moving forward. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I, Jimmy, I played with Jimmy all five years. We came in together. I've been, I've known him forever. We I go watch him play on the jets. I'd sit with his wife. Like I wanted Jimmy more than anything, Yeah. but I don't, I am. If I could vote, I would have voted Jimmy. Like there's no chance it wouldn't have happened. If I had a hundred votes, I would have voted Jimmy, but he didn't get it. So then you have to like, you got to compartmentalize that piece and say, well, if he didn't get it, which he did moving forward, this dude's the right dude. He's done it. And now what I'm seeing makes me even more excited. First off, to have a dude, and I don't, I can't keep going back to this because I actually kind of respect it a little bit. But the guy's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to Minnesota, which really hurts me. And you know, Dave, we were talking about it, it like cuts like a knife to go yeah. to a different like I could never go to Michigan. Like you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go suit up in Michigan gear. Maybe I would suit up, but I don't know if I could step on the field and like play. You had to pay yeah. me more than that. Um, I am, I can be bought. It's just for way more than a million dollars to play at Michigan. Oh, I can't even say that word, but then he's like, wait, what you guys are doing is different. And you know, he's hearing yeah. it from dudes on the team and he's hearing it from fans and probably other influential people in his life. And he's now like, I want to be part of this to me. That's good. That's a good sign. And seeing that these hires from UNC and, and there's a lot like, Dude, the day Fickle took over, I, I think a lot of guys lost their jobs. Who, sadly, I know a lot of them, and so yeah, do you, same. which hurts. Yeah. It does. But coaching is a ruthless business. It always has been, and the way Chris McIntosh is running it is like a lot of other schools where you win or you find another job, and we're not used to that. So it's hard to 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 wrap our head around it, but. With what he's doing the day after hiring like a bunch of dudes and going out and getting people, I don't. You have to be excited for Badger football. We haven't Absolutely. seen this type of of like explosive coaching staff in a long time, and that to me is is great. And recruiting staff, uh, Maximus, the guy that they are bringing over from Cincinnati. There's a bunch of like recruiting guys bringing over from Cincinnati, but this dude Maximus is like the up and coming guy in the recruiting world. Uh, I've seen him on like doing interviews with our buddy Clint. Like he is a dude. He's already out there, like on the recruiting trail going yeah. for guys. And it's just, it's a breath of fresh air because I mean, David, as you know, this is how we're actually going to transition into a little bit of your backstory. The recruiting trail is a wild place and even more of the wild West now with the NIL. What was it like a, when you, for you to start getting recruited when you were in high school and how has that changed from then to what you see now? I mean, it's 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 honestly a, a different world, right? Like when I was getting recruited, it was, you know, you finish your high school season and you do two things. You go to the camps, right? You, I remember getting in the car with my dad and driving around the Midwest, going to a different camp for like literally three weeks, you know, during the month of June, right? Just going to everything. Anyone who invited me, going to Sound Mind, Sound Body, which was a huge one in Detroit that all the big 10 coaches would fly into like that was the recruiting show. Right. And then you would 
finish your season, you would go and huddle and I would self-edit my highlight tape and then my head coach would send it out. And then you would talk to guys at like Alan Tryu. I think he works for uh, 24-7 Sports. Like he was a guy who hooked me up, right, with a lot of the coaches and he would send my tape out and you would just like, you felt like you were a professional athlete doing all these like interviews with recruiting services. And eventually you get enough hype, like offers came in. I was lucky enough to get some Mac offers early on in high school. So like that was nice because I knew like, okay, like Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, like Western, like those are schools that, you know, they want me. So I, I felt rest assured that, okay, like, you know, I can colleges be paid for it. I was pumped up about that. But growing up in the Midwest, my goal was to get offered by a Big Ten school. And for me, it took a while to get my first Big Ten offer. So just like it was grinding in the summers and it was just like, trying to connect and, and get enough hype out there for a big 10 school to take a chance on you. And now it's wild. <laughs> um, so was it, was Wisconsin or was Penn state your first big 10 offers? I know you had those two. I don't know if you had any others. Purdue, Illinois, yeah. Purdue, Illinois offered me, um, Minnesota offered me as well. I mean, when, I, when all, all said and done, my, I really grew up, like grew up wanting to go to either Michigan state or Michigan, just being a Michigan kid, um, grew up a diehard Spartan fan. Like that was where I wanted to go. Neither of those schools offered me, right? And so aside from those two schools, I was like, all right, what are the other schools in the country that I would like want to go to? And Wisconsin was always on that list, right? Because as an old lineman, why would you want to go to Wisconsin? I didn't really know much about Madison. And when Madison or Wisconsin offered me, I took a visit. Gary Anderson was a coach at the time. And it was like January. I went to a junior day. We're going to a basketball game. And I drove in off John Nolan. And I saw Madison lit up, like covered in snow. I went to the old fashioned with my old man because I was like, Google Eats, like where, you know, where to go. Went to, sat the bar, had ordered some cheese curds. And then the, the guy at the old fashioned was like, Hey, like, do you want to drink? And being from Michigan, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, Oh yeah, Wisconsin. If your dad or your parents let like, you know, legally you can have a beverage. And so I was like, Oh, sign me up. I'm going to Madison. So, <laughs> and uh, that, I mean, it was just one of those deals. And like, at the time I, I loved coach Anderson. I thought he was a really good coach. Um, you know, and, and I was fired up. Like Rob Havenstein, Kyle Costigan, those were some legit dudes. And Melvin Gordon at the time was running over everybody. So I was like, well, like Madison's different, right? There's no college campus that resembles it. Um, and if I you can't go to Michigan State, Michigan, like I'm going to go to Wisconsin. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I tell you what, because like going back on it, if at the time one of those two schools offered me, like I would have never gone to Madison. I would have been a, a Spartan or a Wolverine. And them not offering me was a huge blessing. So I went to Madison. Fell in love with the place, had an unbelievable time there. Like as a student, just being a part of that day in, day out. Fell in love with Coach Chris, Coach Rudolph's like my second dad. Like I love those guys. And the experiences I had there changed my life forever. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities I have. And um, yeah, Madison is just it's it's literally home to me. So it's it's awesome. Like I, I'm it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And recruiting, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where you don't always get what you want, but it happens for a reason. And I think Madison coming into play was the best thing that could have happened in my life. Wait, so what did you order at the old fashioned? I had the walleye sandwich on, on like, like a sourdough. What drink? Oh, <laughs> brandy old fashioned, man. Come on. Was it the walleye sandwich there is delicious though. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. good. I would sign up. I don't if the, it must've been there when I was here, but I can't remember, but it's funny. I had the same experience. I, I flew in. I was like, it's the coolest town. And then we're drinking beer at, um, with my parents at the union. And my dad's like, I think this is probably where you should be. I'm like, yeah. I think so. I think so. They they allow 18 year olds to drink beer pretty much like with just like a yeah, this is my dad. Like the rules. Yeah. What's funny is like the it, you and I have a very similar experience, but like 20 years apart or 15 years, which you're saying like huddle and you know doing all this other stuff. 
I just, I had to do this on a VCR. So imagine how hard that was. Or send, maybe I sent some DVDs. Uh, this is hard times. Right. But DVDs now you, were like just coming out when we were in high school. So yeah, yeah. So you're a couple I, years ahead of me. VHS, so. You had to yeah, pay a lot all, of money to send VHS, VHS tapes. tapes. But okay, so David, what's your favorite part about Madison off the field? Like what, what was it about Madison that made you sort of be like, wow, this is home for me? Do you know what? It was, it was one of those things, like, first of all, academics, like, you just immediately check the box. So right away, I was like, all right, as far as you know, football is going to end for all of us one day, and as far as prepping me for whatever my career is going to go, like, you can't ask for a better school, right? So that was a given. And then aside from that, I think it was literally just walking around campus and, like, talking to people. Like, everybody in Wisconsin was like, I mean, obviously, it's, like, the cliche, but, like, they're such great people. They welcomed me with open arms. And then I think it was just... Like I went there for my official visit and I had the most amazing time I could have imagined. And like talking to guys in the locker room, like seeing where you get the chance to live. And then like, you know, eventually when I made it there in the summer, you see the union and you're like, this is just different, man. You see the lakes. And I'm like, this is by far just the coolest place I've ever been. Um, it, it just checked all my bo- boxes, to be honest with you. And over time, like Wisconsin historically you know, Bernie, you know this, we recruit awesome dudes from across the country. And everybody has like pretty similar values, no matter where you come from, everybody believes in the same thing. And I just became so close with so many people, um, you know, guys on the team, like Craig Howe, Horny Brook, Alex, you know, Alec Ingold, all those dudes are some of my best friends for life to this day. Um, we all have done different things with our lives, but it's one of those things like getting that core group of guys to experience life with in a town like Madison really makes it special. Playing football is special because you're not from Wisconsin. I'm not from there. Matty P, you're not from there. And we all are obsessed now with Madison. And that is what's special. The alumni base, you know, not just football, but but I think obviously football brings a different dynamic of like the locker room. And you literally are with these dudes for 12 to 16 hours a day. You even I even lived in a place, you know, like I lived in one room with Owen Daniels. So like 24 hours a day, I was with a football yeah. player, pretty much. Like, as crazy as that sounds, right? But you come from other places, and it's interesting because people bring a lot of their culture or their way they go about themselves. But you're in a locker room. You, I like the values thing. Like, you come together, and you're focused on football, and and the your eclecticness can come out and shine. And I think that's what's really special about football, guys, because you're all in there for a reason. But it's always fun to just get to know a lot of dudes from like a lot of different places in this world, like Texas, California. You're like, yeah. you know, you have all these thoughts about like who, like, you know, like uh, dudes coming in, you know, from from California, they're like, you know, potheads or gangsters, and like that's not yeah. true at all, right? But like when I was eighteen, I'm like, I don't know, I've seen like three movies, and those are all the movies in California that that they that they say, and then you like you get to know these dudes, and they become your best friends. Um, exactly. Yeah, and Anthony Davis is from like right around the corner from me in Jersey. And he's one of my favorite people in the world. And we had like a one hour conversation about all this craziness because it's still you're so involved. You're so vested. And it sounds like you are super vested as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things like you you live it every day. You fall in love with it. It didn't take me long to fall in love with it. By the time, like, I think I think it was my freshman year we're playing Iowa and like it's the first Big Ten game I was a part of. And, you know, the first couple of games, we played a couple of mid-major schools. I mean, those are great atmosphere. But all of a sudden, you're like in a real Big Ten game. I think we lost that year, unfortunately. It was a I think it was a BS. Like we fumbled in the in the red zone on the goal line. We lost. But 
still, it's like seeing the atmosphere for a Big Ten game, you're like, oh, I made the right choice. Like Camp Randall's amazing. And then first of all, the people, like I fell in love with it right away. And then over time, you just like appreciate it. And once you leave, I've appreciated even more. I'm like, damn, that was really cool. Like I would do, like, I, you know, it's, I sound washed up, but like, I would love to go back and like do it all over again. Cause I had such a, an amazing time, amazing experience, you know, met my best friends and like, you know, like it's Madison's very, it's work hard, but it's also play hard too. So like just getting the best of both worlds and you mix in some solid academics in there too. And networking and alumni, like it's an amazing place. And that's why I'm so fired up about the future. Right. Cause I think in a lot of ways, Wisconsin is just try to like, it, it sells itself. And we haven't always done, I don't think, the the most aggressive job in the world of trying to, like, bring people in. It's always kind of like, hey, like, if you're a good football player, like, come visit Madison. Like, you'll fall in love with it. Like, we want guys who want to come here. But I think we have a really awesome opportunity moving forward to, like, kind of go on the offensive and just be like, trust me, like, you get here, you're going to have, you're going to love it. And, like, let's, like, it's un- unbeatable. So I'm definitely excited for other people to kind of, like, fall in love with Madison as well. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, there's no, listen, Fickle came with, he is what, six kids, five kids. Like he came here for that reason. Like he, he picked once again, he picked this place over some of the top premier. You're talking about almost elite. Notre Dame to me is almost elite. They compete every year to play in the championship. They're Notre Dame in the the words of Tony Kornhager. They are the university of football in America. Like they are like, I mean, yes, they haven't won a title. So you pass that up. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you why, because South Bend sucks. Like it's, it's not a beautiful spot. The campus is gorgeous. So I won't take anything away from it, but South Bend, the, 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 the city sucks. So you come to Madison. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You cannot not love Madison. And I think that separates us from like Michigan. People never like, Oh, I love Ann Arbor. They're like, I love Michigan, the, 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 you know, the emblem and all the other thing that it come with, but you don't, no one ever says like, I love the university of Wisconsin. Like people are like, I love Madison. People I love, say, I love West that, Lafayette. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely don't. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, David, let's go back though. Cause, cause you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're a fun guy. What does a fun guy do on um, like, who's your host and what does that look like for the official visit oh yeah so the official visit so i got so lucky man it was the melvin gordon 400 yard game that that was the game i went to so like friday night like you come in uh you like you know you like they fly you in like the official visits the one school at least when i was there i'm sure it's like even better to this day now the kids like the whole nil stuff but like it was awesome right you, you fly you in first class on a flight you sit down, like they meet you with food and you just like eat all weekend. So right off the bat, I'm like, okay, as a fat guy, offensive lineman, I'm like in heaven. Right. And then Friday night, it's like pretty low key, but then Saturday, like just, they drive you around all through campus. You stop at a bunch of tailgates. Like you get to meet with the coaches early in the morning. Um, and you're just like, you feel the energy in the air. And like, that was a big game at the time, right? Like Wisconsin's competing for the big 10 West, Nebraska is the other school and it, you know, contention with them. And you're like, damn, this is just different college experience. And then you mix in, it was a, like the snow kind of snowing off and on all day. And then you you go to Camp Randall and like they sit us right in the student section. And I don't think our student section gets enough credit. Like I think sometimes they struggle in the small games, but the big games, they do show up and they show out. And the guys who sit there in the front row, those are the dudes who are Badger diehard fans and they know everything about Badger football. So like you're in the stands, they, they know who the recruits are. They start talking about, yeah. That phrase in the head. I, I, I was I was that guy 
I, I I have to admit, I was in the front row of Section P. I was not a Section O guy. I was a Section P guy. I was in the front row of Section P for every game starting my sophomore year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so, I mean, you, you get at that. Like, you're one of those guys, like, you you know the recruits coming in. And as a high school kid, like, you feel special when there's a fan in the student section who, like, knows your name and is, like, hyping you up. So, right off the bat, I'm like, I mean, I feel loved, right? And as a kid, that's, you know, you're you're naive. You're a little full of yourself because you're a high school recruit. But, like, you're like, this is awesome. It's feeding my ego completely. Then the game starts. And right at that point, like, you just, like, I just didn't even, like, realize I was a recruit. All of a sudden, I was just a fan. And I just like fell in love with the Wisconsin game day experience. Like obviously Melvin balled out the offensive line balled out. I think Rob Havenstein like made millions of dollars that day. Cause he absolutely just dusted Randy Gregory all day long. It was awesome to see. And just like, you know, that was unreal. And then all of a sudden he, he hits the record jump around hits and that and it was snowing and the places went nuts. And my dad looked at me and I was already coming in at the time. My dad's like, dude, I don't care. Like what happens? Like you're coming to Wisconsin. And I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. So that, I mean, that was the game day experience. And afterwards, right. Like, um, Dieter was my host and I love Dieter. He's like, you know, one, one of the guys I'm closest with and he's doing awesome stuff in Miami. Now, um, we actually have a bunch of dolphins on the, on the Badgers now, which is pretty cool. But, um, Dieter was my host. Like we go to dinner at Fleming's, like you get a nice steak. You're like having fun. Kind of funny with the Fleming's. Like you'd think we go to tornado room or like, I think they go to the, I think they go to uh, uh, the Edgewater, like the state house now. So like I, that's a little bit more scenic, but I mean, it was awesome. And then like Dieter is funny. I think at the time Dieter wasn't 21 yet either. So both of us just went to like a house party and like, I, I took up until that point, I think my, I thought college football was blue mountain state. So I was like, <laughs> I was like expecting something. Then you realize, Oh, these, it, these are just normal dudes. And like very much Wisconsin, like nothing's better than this chilling and like slinging some beers and just like debriefing about the game. And like, you fell in love with that. Right. And to me, that was just awesome. So like, Oh, these, like, this, these are just guys who are close. They love football and they like just to like be with each other and have fun. And I think that's when I realized like, okay, these are genuine people they are not anything like over the top, like trying to be something that they aren't. They just love football. They love having a good time together. And that's when I was like, okay, this place is awesome. How much do you think like that an old mentality? Oh. Sorry, Matt. No, it's such an old line mentality of like, oh, go. Yeah, I'll let you go. Well, okay. I was going to say, how much do you think that culture is going to change under Coach Fickle? I don't think it's going to change at all, to be honest with you. Like, everything I've heard from Coach Fickle and and guys I know who um, have been around him, like, they all say he's the same dude, right? And I think he he mentioned himself, like, he's always been a fan of Wisconsin from afar. And um, I think that the reason why he chose it is because he believes in the values that Wisconsin stands for as well. So I think he's going to recruit very similar people. Like Grant, I think he'll change up a few things, but I think all O-linemen and all the linemen from those part are the same. Um, especially, I don't think he's going to stop recruiting Midwest guys too. Like you're a, a big guy in the, you know, the state of Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, like you're all the same, right? You just like to have work really hard. Uh, eat a lot of food and drink a lot of beer. And I think that's, uh, that's not going away anytime soon. (laughs) Okay. So who would your NIL be? Like, who would your, if you could, if you could have your, your, your greatest NIL deal ever, who would it be? I mean, this is, this is tough and I'm going to get a lot of slack because people are, this is very controversial take, but I fell in love with the college club. Like, I I don't know. It was just one of those places that, 
I remember I, I, there was the one bar on campus I could probably say I didn't actually get into until I was 21. I remember like I turned uh, my birthday's January 2nd. So we finished the bowl game. We were in the Cotton Bowl or not Cotton Bowl. We were in the Pinstripe Bowl and Pinstripe Bowl or no, Orange Bowl. Excuse me. We're in the Orange Bowl. I mean, it, I, I'm such, such spoiled brat. Like I was in so many bowl games. I forgot which bowl game it Dude, was. Dude, I can hardly tell you them in order either. So don't worry about it. <laughs> but it was the Orange Bowl. And like I turned 21. And then I get back from school and I remember like, I got to go to the KK. So I went in with um, a couple guys and like, it was just, it was just different. I think it, it lived up to the hype. And from that moment on, like it was just the, the place I was, you'd find me on a Saturday celebrating the game. And especially like 2019 when we on, went on that run, um, that was like, you know, that was the year I was starting. Like it was really fun to win, celebrate, go there with like all the people who are important to you and just have some, you know, awesome memories there. But then secondly, Parthenon Euros was my spot. That listen, that part on here is delicious. Late night after you're drunk, it is the best tasting food. And if you go in there, I don't know if this is a secret or not. You can take a shot with them. You just ask for really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You ask, hey, can we get some Uzo? And the, and the woman back there is like, yeah, sure. It's kind of it's not <laughs> what you need, but it's what you want. Um, dude, mine would be coarse light, but here's what I would do: I would call Miller and be like, guys, I'll switch for you. But like literally. Yeah, I'll switch only if you take me on as like your brand ambassador. <laughs> I mean, That's I'm a Wando's awesome. guy, but I went to, I would, you know, we went back and forth. I think I made that trip from Wando's to the college club. Like if you had a, um, a Fitbit on me, like 20 oh, yeah. times a night. Oh yeah. I mean, I likewise, like I love Wando's Wando. Well, you know, Wando, he's the man he's great. and he like loves badger football. And it's really cool when you walk in there, you see all the jerseys on the walls. And like, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like Wando's KK, those are my top two spots. Um, but like any bar is great. Like Chasers and W was always fun. W was like the hot one when I was there. But I don't know. I just love those gritty old school like basement dark bars. There's like no light coming in at all. <laughs> it's like we're here for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> I feel like um, that was the Echo Tap uh, before it got nicer. It was we called it the Echo Trap because you'd go in there. There's like three of the same dudes every time at the bar, and you would just get. You went in there for one reason, and now there's no other reason. There was no, <laughs> there was no potential of like hooking up with anyone. It was literally like laser focused, getting drunk. Yeah, um, with your buddies, 100. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I went with nine guys once. Eight of us threw up. I uh, this one I have a flip phone. I ripped it in half, but you know you, you could throw the half. You know the screen when the Matt Perkins, you're old. The screen would break. Yeah, so it, it would worthless. break all the you time. Didn't need it. But you didn't need it. So I you I could still call people. You just had to put one of these in the headset thing and it would work. It's like it sounds ridiculous, but it wasn't. It was a little ridiculous. You just had to have um, everyone's number. This memorized. is what I love about Madison. Yeah, but back then I did. Like back then you like really or you had um people's numbers. So like one of my best friends was one, two, three cent. Like that's the number oh, yeah, programmed in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was programmed as a number and it just came up as that number. So okay, so here's the best. Talk about how Madison's such a community, like people love it. And how could you not? I'm sitting at the bar and this dude call, calls the bartender or the bartender calls him like, oh, these badgers are here. And this guy's like, hey, Bernie, this guy wants to buy you a shot. I'm like, who is it? And he's like, oh, just my friend. And I'm like, over the phone? Like, you know, it's like 2005. I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. But yeah. one of the more ridiculous things. But like these things kind of tend to happen. Um in Madison. And I would say that's not normal in a lot of other places. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you just talk about the alumni base, right? Like Wisconsin is such a unique place, you know, obviously 
they're great people in Wisconsin are amazing, but like you have the coasties, like we call them, right? You have, you know, we expand the entire US and you have a bunch of people from Chicago. So you have this really unique and then random places, right? So you have this really unique blend of people who come to Wisconsin and then they all disperse afterwards and they all come back though. And like everyone is just like, you know, fans of football and they're all reminiscing about, mm-hmm. you know, the good old days. And this makes for a very unique experience, very unique people and uh, some awesome stories, I'm sure. It, it really does. So, so you showed up on campus in July. What time? You, what, what, when did you yeah. get to campus? June 15th, uh, 2015 was the report day. Okay. So I graduated high school. I think uh, I went to like two grad parties and then I moved to Madison with my parents, loaded the car up, drove to seven hours. And uh, yeah, you had into, to go that day. That was, that was the report day. Cause we started, we started summer workouts like June 16th. Interesting. So, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a couple guys, like you could delay it if you wanted to, but I think, you know, that was coach Chris first season. So mm-hmm. it was like, Hey, we want everyone here in the summer. Like we had a, you know, instill like, you know, the upperclassmen already went through winter workouts and spring ball. So they already knew what was going on, but like, you know, still summer is such a critical piece mm-hmm. to make sure you're in shape and getting ready in the mindset. It's like, Hey, we're, we're done trying to just like break you off. Like now it's time to lock in. So we got a, a long season coming. So, so what was that time like? As you show up, where you at the Regent? Yeah, it was. Uh, they moved us into Varsity Quarters that had just opened up. So, like right above the Quick Trip, right there on Monroe. Mm-hmm. So, moved in there. It was me, Olive Sagapolo, Kevin Estes, and Craig Howe. We uh, had a four-person uh, apartment there, and like you just, you know, you're right across here from the stadium. And at that point, like Madison's a ghost town in the summer for the most part, right? So, like literally, you just in summer classes, you're trying to get ahead in some credits and you go to you work out in the morning. No, you would work out in the afternoon because you're younger guys. So we would go to class all morning. You'd have like a two hour break. We would go to Badger Alley, grab a sandwich like Jimmy Jobs or something. And then like, hey, it's, it's time for a workout. And then as a freshman too, like they're grinding you. And for me, I thought I was in good shape coming into college. I was like 290, I think, like going in. And within the first month, I dropped down to like 270. So I just like... Like I learned how to really work out for the first time. Right. So, um, and coach K, he was a strength coach at the time. So it was him, coach Snee, um, Costi, like those are my guys. Uh, Brady Ewing was there at the time too. So like you'd all these dudes who, um, you know, had played at Wisconsin who knew what the history was about. And they just took as an opportunity to like, Hey, you know, you're going to work your butt off here. But at the same time, like here's what Wisconsin stands for. And like, you know, we'd always mess around because it was workouts, but every workout started with like a 30 minute lecture from one of the guys. It's like <laughs> introing you to the culture and the place. And um, it was, it was really just bad with football one-on-one. And so right off the bat in the summer, you have an appreciation um, for, you know, the place you're going to. And then, you know, camp starts. And I think that was the last year, two days was a thing. And you go through two days for the first time and you're like, God, oh, this is crazy. And I, I broke my foot actually in summer workouts. So I wasn't able to practice, but still just like the time commitment. And it's like, Oh, I mean, you know, it's like a full-time job in camp and all you can think about is football and nothing else. Um, that was probably like really tough for me as a young player, but you get through it, man. And then you're like, okay, like it's all worth it. As soon as, you know, Saturday and in, in September rolls around. You just got to get through, like, you just got to get through that first camp. Like it's, yeah. th- there's nothing worse. You know, your experience and my experience are a little different. Like we like disappeared off the face of the earth. And went to the seminary where I didn't even have a cell phone at the time. So literally my first year was you're with these guys that you don't know and that's it. 
Like there was no other. You're not getting letters at the seminary. You're not sending letters. So like, I know this is kind of foreign to you. I don't even think there was a computer there. So like, I had no opportunity to call outside the world. And, <laughs> you know, like when you think back, I actually kind of kind of like that. Like there was literally, yeah, no one carried their cell phones around. People just were wearing their Wisconsin issued gear and wearing sandals outside of practice. And there was nothing. You had to talk to your dudes. And I find that to be like the coolest aspect of my first year. But also you're on a effing island by yourself with dudes you don't know. So you're getting to know like these cool guys, but you don't know them yet. And you are yeah. like, what the hell am I doing here? And if you can just get through that one, one, and then you get to the games and like prepping for games is a lot easier than your, your terrible time at camp. But you were there for the last two days. I think I was there for like the last two days in a row. So like, you, you guys had triples probably, right? I heard, always heard like. Yeah, it's hard to say what they were. They were like um, a morphed practice, like one yeah. long one in the morning, one long one in the afternoon, and then like tons of meetings around it. But we did that two days in a row. And then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, you would go to the stadium and scrimmage hard. Oh, yeah. And Those scrimmages were like wild. Oh, my gosh. Wild. Like 40. I remember it would always be like Coach Chris would have, like, Coach Chris loved long practices. So it's sort of Rudy at the time, and they would kind of like scheme it up. So you'd have like 30 period practices, but then like you get the period 29 and you'd be like, oh, hell yeah, like we're almost done. And then it's like, I remember looking at like uh, Dan Volts at the time, he's like, no, we're just getting started. Cause like the last period would be like a huge block on the script. Cause then it's just like, all right, we're going to go until Coach Chris tells us to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you know what? It sucks, but you're so, once you get into the fourth quarter, like I give him a ton of credit because like he knows, like you, you think he's crazy. He's like losing his, you know, losing his mind. He's just out there to hurt you. But it's like, no, he's getting you ready for fourth quarters against Iowa in November when there's eight minutes left from the clock and you have the ball back and, you know, you got to have a long drive to end the game. And I like it, it helped us so much in my time there. I think that's why we had success when I was there is because we had guys who went through it and were willing to do it and put the work in and just kind of like grind together. Right. And like, there's nothing better than when you do get a day off and you're just like, all kind of like sit together with the, like on the couch, you just kind of like debrief and kind of bitch about what happened at practice. But like, that's how you get close as a team, right? Like it's going through those experiences and that pain and all that stuff. And it makes the, the wins and you know, the time you spend together a lot more valuable. Did they do anything fun for you guys? Like uh, during camp, like take you somewhere? We went to a couple Brewers games. That was always like pretty fun. Like load up the bus, go to the Brewers games. Um, Like coach Chris is always mixing and stuff. Like occasionally would have like a, like a comedian come in and like, you know, talk to us and stuff like that. Or like coach Chris realized though, the best gift to us was when we would have like afternoons off. So like, it was one of those deals. We would come in, we would have meetings in the morning. You'd, you'd practice and he'd be like, all right, after lunch, like you guys are free to do whatever you want. And like, I think coach Chris, like he worked this really hard, but he had a really good sense of when guys needed afternoon off and when we earned it. And I was like, that, that always got the guys like fired up for sure. Dude, there's literally nothing that would have kept me in that chair. Uh, if they're like, you can have an afternoon off or be a judge at Victoria's Secret Model, I'd be like, guys, I'm gonna take an afternoon off for this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very tempting, but I think an afternoon because that's what the camp mentality is like. You you got to break out or else you cannot stop thinking about it. Um, 100%. It's bananas. 
Um, wait, so who is so when you showed up, man, you're 270 now because you're working out. Who's in the room? I mean, there must be some monsters in that room with you. Monsters. I mean, it's one of those things too. Like, I'm I think the biggest I ever got, which was like was 320. My playing weight was 305. But like when I was 270, you look around and you have these genetic freaks, right? You have like um John Deaton, who like was I swear to God, came out of the womb like 300 pounds, like benching 375, right? So like he was my the other offensive lineman in my class, and I'm like, I gotta build up to be John. And then you have guys like you know Taylor Tyler Maris at the time, who's just a monster. Ray Ball was like the biggest human being I've ever seen at the time. Like Dan Volt wasn't very tall, but Dan was just built in like human muscle. Um, and then like all the guys above me, right? Like the the class right above me was like Benchwell, uh, Dieter, Papoy, Jake Maxwell, like. You know, those dudes played a lot of football from early on, especially that season. Like, I think four freshmen started that year. And those guys, only a year older than me, were massive already. And, like, I realized that I needed to fall in love with the weight room or else I wasn't going to have any chance at all. And luckily, like, I, our strength staff was so awesome. Like, that's, you know, you, you talk, talk, touched on it earlier, but, like, the strength staff who's there now, I love those dudes, man, because they were there from when I started. Like, Coach K, I think, is an unbelievable coach. Like he's just unbelievable. And then, you know, coach Schnee really knows his stuff. And he's like one of those guys that he has a different experience because his brother played in the league for a long time. He's had some unique jobs and like, he's just one of the greatest guys of all time. And then Kosti is just like, I don't know if you guys know Kyle Kosti, but like, sure you do, but he's just like an all-time Badger. The guy literally gave his entire life to Badger football. Um, He was an All-American, probably would have been a a draft pick if he was healthy, but didn't have anything left in the tank. And what, what does he do? He, loses a bunch of weight, he gets jacked up and he gives back to helping guys like me develop into players that um, I ended up, you know, becoming down the road. So like, I, I love those guys and I feel for them now, especially, but I think, I hope, you know, Badger fans in general appreciate everything they gave to the program. And I wish those guys the best of luck. You know, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because I was talking to Travis Beckham about this is literally all of those dudes that you knew grew up with, like, even for me, like, um, you know, a lot of guys left because this is so long ago. But at the time, it's, it would have been nuts to go to the weight room. And you spend three, four hours a day with these guys. Like, maybe not in, in the same amount of time. But you're in the weight room. You work out. You run. Then you come back to the weight room because you have to stretch or do something. These guys are always around. So yeah, to go back now, I just think I was telling Travis, like, everything's going to be different. Like the yeah. dudes you see in the weight room, the staff everywhere, people aren't going to know who anyone is. And 100%. I, I listen, I find there's a good, there's good about that. But I mean, for me, for the past 20, what is it? 2022 for 20 years, 21 years, I've been going back and seeing familiar faces. And I think sadly that might all, ch- it will change. Things got to change. I'm just kind of holding on to like how awesome it was to like go see Costney in the weight room. And like, he would be like, yeah. Hey, come on in and look at, you know, I don't, now you got to be like, ask permission to do things. Like you got to shake your hand and be like, Hey, you know, like, and also we're, we're not like, I, I'm not like, I got buddies who are in the league. Right. And everyone knows their name. They're going to always be welcome back. But like guys like me who like you feel connected to the program, like you said, you can go back and you get welcomed with open arms. Like, you know, that's going to be a little different. So you got to introduce yourself. You got to form new relationships. Um, I'm curious to see if they keep anybody. Like I could see a guy like Coach Turner 
like Mickey Turner, like a guy who played there, who's recruiting staff now, like he knows what's going on. He's coached. Like I, I would love to see him stay. Uh, I, I mean, I think coach K coach Kladji has done a great job at the D line. We'll see if he stays. Like, I would love to see him stay. I would love to see a guy like, you know, Costi stay just to, like, you know, I know typically strength staff is the first to go with the new regime. And it sounds like they're bringing over a new staff who's done awesome stuff, but um, yeah, you know, on the head, it's going to be a lot of new faces. Um, it's going to be different for sure. Dude, it's literally like hard to understand when you get a new CEO or get a new head coach. I think it's hard for people to understand. Like there's so many other people who are involved, not just the coaches. Like what is there, 15 coaches? But like the 50 other people who do stuff. There's probably 100 other people. Who who drives the truck to games? That dude can change. Like nobody gets the staff in um, the guy who makes all the meals. Who This could be his favorite job for 30 years or whatever. He's gone. Like he could be gone. Like sadly, there's so much. But once again, it's just what happens. People have jobs. And when somebody else comes in, you could be out. Like it's just the name of kind of like the world. But it does suck. Like when I think about it, I'm I'm very saddened for them, for guys who have put, you know, I'm sure Kasi's there at four o'clock in the morning and leaves at eight o'clock at night, maybe later. And like that guy has a I think he did his master's in um, physiology or whatever that term is. So like that guy put his heart and soul. You're saying like gave his life to get to getting these guys better and to getting himself better to do it. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm also really like saddened for for that. that. The culture is definitely going to change. People are going to change. Yeah, and that's and we've all seen it online too. There's a lot of Badger fans who are having a hard time like dealing with it and understanding. But like we just have been very fortunate that for almost. 30 years, Wisconsin hasn't really had to go through that. Right. And, but like you look at other programs in the country, like they've done rebuilds aside from maybe Alabama over the last, like every other school has had a huge transition or change at some point in time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, for, for sure. And it, if you want to be elite and now to me, the elite will change because you're allowing 12 teams into the playoffs. So the, but to me, the elite was get the four teams work almost consistently up. There were six teams that were always competing for those four spots. Mappy in the last 10 years, pretty much were some of the same. Yeah, you got some offshoots here and there. But so those teams are elite. We were never that because we were never competing to get in there. Maybe there right. were some times we had an opportunity, but we never got there. So to me, that's yeah. not elite. Um, you know, like the Ohio States and the Alabamas. And now Clemson's really not. They were there, and now they're kind of falling over the place. I don't know my point, but we have to be that. Like, there's no – We have to. You're not going to have the type of alumni we have who care more than anybody to allow an eight and four season to be the best forever. Like, it's not – it's not – it's just not sustainable. And I think Mac said to himself, I can do this right now, rip all the Band-Aids off, you know, it's yeah. like you got a burn victim and they're just ripping off band-aids from your skin and it's going to hurt like hell and people are going to be pissed. But right now, like you're turning the corner and we'll listen the bowl game. No one can take that for like what's going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen next season is to me, we're competitive right off the bat. We're not three years in the making. And I'm, not saying, now. and I'm not saying Jimmy would have been three years in the making. I'm saying Jimmy probably could have done this too, but it's just, that's not the vision Mac had, so it's not what we're going with. So I'm nothing against Jimmy because he's nobody knows. I'm just saying next year we are competitive. We're throwing the ball. It looks like we're going to get dudes, and we're going to play our best guys. And 
uh, you know, it's exciting. Who knows? We could be in the in the championship in a couple years. I would love that. I think we should be there every year, but we could be three, five, ten years. But at least we're pushing to do that. And I'm not saying Jimmy wasn't that push. All I'm saying is we're trying to do it right now. Or and talking with upset Badger fans, well, guess what? Like winning is going to cure anyone being upset. The yeah. second they see, you know, a 42 to three victory or something like that to open up the season, all of that is going to have been long out the window by well, then. I, so you brought up um, Ingold. What happens, Matt P? Could I get over if we win the national championship, but we don't have fullbacks anymore? Yes. Okay. I think I could too, actually. Well, and it's not like they have players of your size and skill set. They don't have to be fullbacks. They happen to be H-backs. They happen to be, you know, things I, like I, that. I get it. So, I'm making a joke. Yes, but then there'll be like 10 fullbacks to ever play at Wisconsin. And we were fullback you for our entire, you know. <laughs> I you will become like mythical creatures that we'll talk about. Like, you know what I mean? And everyone will be, we'll look back on and like, you know what I mean? You can think about your, your status as one of the top fullbacks of all time. Is it going anywhere, Bernie? Because it's like, no one's coming for it. Yeah, they're not forget <laughs> anybody else. Yeah, you know, we're going to have Mormon like b- bouncing his grandkids on his knee. Like, back when I was, like, back when I was a kid, they had this <laughs> yeah. position called fullback in football. They'd be like, what are you talking about, granddad? Like, literally, I'm, my daughter's 19 months. I'm going to have to like literally draw a picture of where we used to line up and what we used to do. There is some film on, on YouTube. So at least there's something to look at, but it's mostly <laughs> me like running the ball. So it doesn't even, she, her mind's going to explode when I try to tell her what I used to do. Um, <laughs> I, US, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, but let's get back to you, dude. Who cares about me? Um, so what was it like to like get on the field, you know, like really, get involved in like that, you know, like game days and, yeah. you know, like game days are exciting too. Tell us like your pregame ritual. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a unique experience where I didn't like, you know, I was in the 2D for four years or three years, three of the, out of my five and redshirted 2D, but then I didn't play until my fifth year. So like my game day routine was different. I think for like, you know, when you're a two compared to a one, right? Like you're always ready and ready to go to the two, but I would spend a lot of time firing my hamstrings when I was a two because I knew I had to get ready for PAT like field goal because that was my time to shine. And when you're a one, I think like you're really locked into just like trying to find that spot where like you can just tune everything out and just focus on the things you need to do to be successful, not let the guy next to you down. Right. So I think that was sort of difference in mindset, but I mean, like it was always awesome. Like Friday night, you start off at the in-towner, like you pound a lot of prime rib and clam chowder. And like looking back on it now that like, I'm like not doing that anymore. Like I can't believe I would eat like 10,000 calories and I for a game. And then like, dumb. yeah, so dumb. And they but have it's like, awesome. yeah, it's all, they have like <laughs> cheese and fried foods. You're like, yeah. it's, the diet was a completely wacky. Wacky. And you're like, oh yeah, like you justify it's like, oh, I have to consume as many calories, so I'm gonna burn it tomorrow. <laughs> and you're like, you wake up and you just feel like absolute crap. You're like, oh my gosh, like I gotta go, go eat eggs and, Yeah, go eat as yeah. much eggs as possible. <laughs> but like aside from the food, it was it was really just locking in and um you know what? Like I think we always had a really awesome game day experience when you board the bus and you pull up and you get to walk under the you know the camp randall what's that called? Like the, the arch, the, the arch. Yeah. and all the fans are there waiting for you. And like, you know, I had the same playlist every single time. Like I would leave, it was, it's kind of like kind of dumb and cheesy, but I would like get on the bus. I would turn on Hallelujah chorus. Cause I just like would zone me out. And then I would 
get off the bus and I would play um, in the air tonight. And then like, as soon as the drums hit, I would immediately turn to a Meek Mill song and start like pumping myself up. <laughs> but then you like, then you get in and then you're like, oh crap, like we're here two hours before the game even starts. <laughs> you know what I mean? You really so, got to control yourself because you, you could lose it. You you could be too fired up and then you have no energy. A hundred percent. You gotta like, you gotta adjust it. Um, but I mean, it was like, it was one of those things we would always, you'd strap up and you'd go out for warmups and like, you'd always just like coach, coach Rudy would like, it was like a hard indie before the game. Cause you got to get your pad set. Like you got to get ready to roll, get, and get the shoulders loosened up and the hands ready to fire. And then as soon no, as wait, you wait, hold on, Dave. do you need to get your pad set? Oh, you have to. You have Are to you sure? Dude, I, I feel like your pads have been set for like 20 weeks. No, I get it. Like you got to feel the hits and do that. But, but like you, you don't get your pads set in practice. Well, the hard part is like, it's just that terminology the jerseys, to me. The jerseys are so tight. And but that's like, true. Your yep. shoulder pads like are like riding up like this. You really need to like get the jersey to like loosen yep. up and like get the fabric to tear a little bit. So, um, but then, that's like, actually true. You're right. That the, it, everything's a lot tighter, especially when you're a fat fullback or lineman. Everything right. doesn't sit where it needs to, so you can oh, yeah. be a, a pretty picture. You know, yeah. during practice, the guts out, like you, like you're wearing, and then all of a sudden, like you, like tight Under Armour. Thank God we switched from Adidas to Under Armour because the Adidas stuff was way tighter. Um, but it, you know, it's game days are special. They're awesome moments, and getting the chance to start my my fifth year, like I, um, you know, going in, I knew I had a, a chance to compete for it. We had some injuries in camp that I had to go adjust and, you know, I are starting We had three centers on the team. I was competing for the guard spot. Two of the three centers went down. So all of a sudden I had to move over and play center with the twos. And I got kind of taken out of the guard competition. So at that point I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I can and try to make the most out of the role and got to play a little jumbo tight end, do the hippo package, do a lot of fun stuff. And then um, I just kept grinding away at guard, getting reps and Rudy, started rotating me in against Michigan state and I had a pretty good game there. Um, and then I, you know, after that, you made me the starter heading into Illinois, which I think I played decently that game. That was the unfortunate upset at the end, but um, then I got to finish out the season, man. And it was honestly like probably, you know, to this day, like I, I the thing I'm most proud of is I kind of grinded it out. And that's, what's crazy to me, like the transfer portal. Like I think my fourth year, the pinstripe year, I felt like I could start anywhere in the country but I didn't even cross my mind to transfer because like, I just love Madison so much. And like, why put in all this work when you know that you have an opportunity to earn it. And if you don't earn it, like you still have the memories of the guys you fought with from day one. And you have an opportunity to turn that into a career. Like once you're done playing football. And uh, I think that's what made Madison such like a cool place and a great experience. Cause then I did get to play and that made it all the more special. Cause I grinded it out and I, you know, had a chance to play at the end. Yeah, and I think that I think what you're saying is special. Like if you stuck on the team, I've only know one person who stuck on the team five years and never played one rep. Um, yeah. and I almost fought a coach over it because he didn't know. And I was like, How dare you not know? You know, like behind closed doors, you could kind of get in coaches' faces. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it nowadays because everything's on Twitter, there's cameras everywhere. Um <laughs> But so I would say, like, if you worked, if you busted your butt, you're right. It, one day, something good's going to happen. You're going to get on the field. You're going to participate in special teams. You're going to be, you will see the field. And that feeling, what, you know, like my first time going on the field was like, oh my God, am I supposed to be here? Like, yeah. I know I practiced, I'm wearing the pads and stuff, 
But these dudes are like, you know, Al Johnson, Ben Dunn, like these guys are fifth year seniors who are Brooks Bollinger. I'm like, uh, I don't yeah. know, you know, I'm freaking out. Um, so, and, and I expect maybe yours is a little different because you were on the field a little bit and you did a, a bunch of years leading up to it. But still, this, the feeling is like, man, I'm the oh, starter. Yeah. I'm here. I'm playing a rep in a game. And, and that to me, I would love to hear like, that to me was something I, you'll never like. You can't take away from me. Like it's the coolest thing I've ever done. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, uh, I mean, you know it too. Like we would always finish the pregame warmups, and right when they were announcing the starters on the jumbotron. Yeah. And I remember like the first home game when I got to see like my like face pop up. Like I'm not gonna lie, like a couple tears were shed. Like this is really cool. And then Wisconsin has a great job with the U2 song, like when the streets know your name, and you run out in the video, and it's like. Barry being like, you better get your season tickets now because pretty like it's just you go through four years of going through that process, but like you're not the guy, and all of a sudden you're like it's you, it's your time. Like I couldn't help but get emotional, right? And uh totally. I like yeah, it's 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 funny. Like I have a my desk right here. I have a picture of my full line with JT and Rudy, and like every once in a while I get bored at work and I was like look at it, and you're like all those memories like come back to you, man. And yeah, you're like, I'm very fortunate. I got to like live that out. Cause a lot of guys, like you said, they put in a lot of time and effort and they never get that chance to start or be the guy or be one of the guys out there. And um, I feel very fortunate that, you know, I had that opportunity. Yeah, man. I, I think the mentality is definitely different nowadays and I can't fault the mentality because when you're given these resources, right. You're able to use them. And I, I'm trying to like figure, I'm trying to, not be so washed up and so old to be like, well, the transfer portal yeah. was so stupid. I think the transfer portal and the NIL for what it was set up to be was good. Yes. What it has become is a monster of anyone could do anything pretty much at any time. I think the NCAA is a monster that is just uncontrollable and they're so stupid and they they are not for the player, the one, the individual. Uh, the, the NIL and the transfer portal were created for the individual. However, now it's the same. I put in four years here. I have a potential to be a player, but I could go. So, and listen, there's no saying you could start somewhere else. Everyone has dudes. Right. Exactly. I mean, like literally, I could promise you come to my team and you'll be a starter tomorrow. And literally you get to my team and you're not a starter tomorrow. So like, I would just, I'm sure these guys must know it, but I would just be careful. Like you put your heart and soul into something. And unless I think the, the transfer portal was set up for people like, I literally hate it here. Like I hate yeah. my life. I hate school. I hate X. I hate Y. Whatever it is, you're like I hate it here. I or, need to get out of here. Or you have, you need to move back closer to home to take care of family or something like right. that, right? Right. Because we've heard times before where back when there were, you had to get a waiver to do that, and they would deny people waivers. Like I remember there was a kid, case of a kid who would like went to Tennessee but had to go back home. I forget where his home was to take care of a, a you know a parent with cancer. And they, but he still wanted to play. And they said, no, you can't play because you transferred. And like that kind of stuff was the BS that never made sense to anybody. Right. Yeah. So the transfer portal set up for that to be good for that. Yes. What it's really done is basically kids can become free agents if they're just not, I, whatever their reason is, it's, it's valid to them. And I'm not, who am I to say, like, as a couch potato now, like, you're, that's yeah. an invalid reason. Um, it's just hard to like watch. And and it's you're still different. you're young, but you're so you're like a cup two or three years out of like this crazy world, which is nuts because now you're old and you don't even know this world. 
It's crazy. I mean, the kids, when, when we were, we were playing, like we, for me, it was like, all right, you play football, you get a starting job and then you either get drafted or undrafted to make the league. Right. I didn't worry about making college money at all in college. Right. Like I was like, yeah, scholarship. Like I, I was like, okay, like this is my scholarship check. And once that money's gone, it's gone. I don't really have time to get a job. Now these kids, like they got to focus on their brand and you know, they can make a ton of money in college. It's crazy. You know what I mean? They have opportunity to do so. So they got to think about it. And when you're not getting playing time, you're not getting dollars come in. And all of a sudden, like a coach is shining, like, Hey, come over here. We'll promise you to start, even though that's full of crap. Like you, you got to earn it. But still, you'll be but this deal. With exactly. Us. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll jump. And it's like, and you can't blame the kids because like if someone was waving an opportunity to go make a couple hundred K before I even done with college, like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I would do that, but I mean, I, I, at the time I wouldn't, but like, I, I can't hold it against them. You know what I mean? Like, totally. I totally, wait, yeah. I have one question for you. What was it like to play with social media? Do you know what you, you, I was thinking about it when we talked about it earlier during uh, the camp, just being able to get away and not have to worry about like anything else that's going on in the world. Like, I think it's one of those things that made camp hard because you would like see what kids are not playing football, what they were doing in your own age in the summertime. And like, I wish I could just kind of like lock in and not see it. And um, so that's like probably the number one thing is when you're going through those, the time commitment that is football. Like I kind of wish I was able to block it out and not look at all that stuff. I was never one of those guys that uh, like social media never really impacted me. I kind of was always just, like tuned it out. Some guys definitely got the best of them. There's a couple guys like um, who were starting and really, you know, big people on our team who would have a couple of bad games or bad plays. And afterwards, all of social media would be going after him. And I think it really messed with their head. Um, I remember after the Ohio State game, I gave up a sack with Chase Young. Um, I, you know, I, man, I was peeking the mic. He came, I was supposed to take him. Otherwise I had to go give help to Cole, our left tackle real quick. So we know Chase was going to make an inside move. And I hesitated waiting for the mic to come. I went to go give help and he shot right past me. And I think Joel Klatt went David Mormon, more like David, the open door man. And, uh, <laughs> I, that's the only time where after a game, like a lot of people were like just tweeting the open door man and all that stuff. But like, that's funny, man. That's all part of it. I think it depends on the guy. Um, I think a lot of players like these grow up with it, so they're able to tune it out, but there's definitely some people like talking about mental health these days too. Like it definitely contributes to a lot of those cases because at the end of the day, these we're just kids, man. Like I look back to three years ago when I graduated to the guy I am now, like trying to get my career started, like I'm a completely different person and you just mature over time. And it's, uh, I think it's one of those things as a country as a, there's, I don't really know how you solve it because there's bad eggs everywhere, but I think at the end of the day, like you just got to understand these guys are kids. So and well, nobody one thing understands that, that I want to, I want to ask is that w while you were there, do you know if they are now, does the program bring anyone to talk about some of those like bigger social media issues or how to even like a, a, a basic, uh, a, a basic course on like media understanding for lack of a betting better term, like how, you know, how it's all used and how people are using it and stuff like that to like, sort of hopefully like push back on some of those issues that you're talking about. Yeah. From, uh, 2016 through, so my second year there for the rest of my career, like we would always have a talk from the Bryans, like Brian Mason and Brian Lucas would come in and they would like talk to us about social media and like really what to talk about, what not to talk about. Just, they would train us every year. It was always like an hour long meeting the, the first night of camp. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was always really helpful, but 
what Coach Chris actually did from day one, my freshman year, is he, he brought on this, this outside firm who took every player on the team and they went through Twitter and they looked up every single tweet that anybody had like tweeted since the inception of time. And if there was any bad tweets, they would just pop them on the, no. on the, on the big screen for everyone to see. And uh, it was got really uncomfortable, right? And like, if you see your name go across the screen, you're like, oh my gosh, like I was 12, but still, like you think, you know, you're 12, you don't think it's going to hurt you, but all of a sudden it's like posting and you just get embarrassed. And I remember I got embarrassed a couple of tweets, like nothing crazy bad, but it was just like quoting like a song or like at the time you would say something that you thought was funny to your friends. In reality, it's like, you, even though maybe at the time you thought it's funny, you thought hurting anybody, like you could see why it'd be a problem, right? Especially as a athlete competing on the highest, you know, second highest stage aside from the NFL. And uh, right off the bat, I went through and deleted everything. I think every guy on the team did. And they would come back each year and they do a checkup on the players. I think every upperclassman was good. And it was always like a roast of the freshman, which it got more entertaining <laughs> as you got older because you knew you were good. But still, like, to this day, I have a little anxiety that like, oh, these guys going to pop up and get you. So I think that was something that Coach Chris did that I was super like fortunate and glad he was able to do that because it helped so many guys realize from an early age, like, don't take any chances, like make sure your act is together because you're not only a reflection of yourself, your family, but your reflection on the program and the state of Wisconsin university. And that's the last thing you ever want to do is be a negative, you know, influencer, bring negative attention to the university. Dude, we just had to like not get drunk and get on a bicycle. Like it was yeah. like, that's what they used to bring the cops in to say, you guys must have had so much other Facebook just started and you had to be in college and you couldn't post anything really. I don't even want to think first off. I don't want to think of what would have happened if they could, people could videotape you on your phone yeah. or take pictures of you or any of that. So the, the things I was doing at Wando's and the KK should only live in people's memories if they can remember it and it should never be talked about. And we'll leave it there because I yeah. have a wife and a kid and, yeah. uh, but I, 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 man, it just seems nuts. Like in that realm, but then you have guys who just hate on you and the mental health side is bananas. And uh, like, it's, I don't even know what to say. Like I give it up to you guys for, to be able to do it. Like you back know, in the day, I, you couldn't even I text will, people. Yeah. I think that the difference is, especially like kids who are like, playing today is they've been around it. So like they're used to it at this point. So like, I think it's become a part of everyone's life, but it's like, they've ne never known anything. Like I remember I didn't get an iPhone until I was like a junior high school. So like, at least I had my early childhood, like it wasn't a thing for me. So like I, but these kids these days, like you see them, like my, you know, my girlfriend's family, like they have, you know, young kids and they like, they're running around with their iPads and all that stuff. And like, it's, it's awesome. It's entertaining and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, you're like, I'm just happy I didn't have that. I got to like, my dad forced me to play outside, like do all that stuff. Cause I, I think today it's like easy just to grow up with technology. I, I just think it's, I, I agree with you, but I think it's, it's hard when you have some dude who created a, a random account and say like evil Chris McIntosh, right? Like all the evils we love, but yeah. like, and then, and, and none of the, uh, that's, let me take it back. Cause those guys don't actually make fun of the no, kids. It's, all, it's always but like, like Tommy Joe dude, seven, six, eight, zero, four, three, nine, seven. Right. Some random guy just made one thing to say one mean thing about like, hey, you suck or you played so poorly. It's pathetic. or You're embarrassing. Those things. I am a pretty like confident dude. And I walk around like I've never done anything wrong. I feel like if I read a bunch of those, it would hurt at some point. 
Like, I feel like it can't not. And then you can't stop. Like, listen, I sadly cannot stop reading negative tweets. And I don't know why I can't. Yeah. What do they call it? Twitch bait? uh, Tweet bait? Clickbait, tweet, tweet clickbait, baby. Yeah, give me like twenty <laughs> no. minutes and I'll get it. <laughs> Do you know what? It's you hit on the head. Like it's, I feel for those guys because you, you make any like bad plays during a game. There's gonna be somebody coming after you uh, in some fashion, and the best you can do is just try to understand that, like, like it's not real life, even though it is. Like you just gotta block it out the best you can because it's not going anywhere. Unfortunately, it's like part of our existence now and. I think you can just educate and train guys to like deal with it. And they do a lot of awesome stuff. Like they have team psychiatrists now in the athletic department. Um, Chad McGay, he, he does like a whole bunch of meditation and stuff like that. Like zoning you in, like even some of the stuff that he taught me, like to this day before like a big sales call or something, like I will do, you know, some breathing techniques to like lock you in and all that stuff. And I think as a program in athletic department, you got to invest in that just because, um, mental health is like very important for kids, um, especially at the, you know, today's day of football as well. You know, David, you are the best man. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you for coming on, shedding, you know, sharing your experience, sharing your thoughts on what's happening now. I mean, it's in a very, it's so bizarre to me. Like, this is so cool. Cause you literally are like a couple years out, but in the, landscape of football you are millennia you are me now and well you're, you're in a good way you're me but like you didn't deal with some of these things and i think it's probably better that you didn't but like oh yeah i just love that your thoughts and i appreciate your uh your vision and and sharing that with us thank you no thank you guys i uh i i was talking to a guy who i played with the other day and i'm like anytime anyone asks me to do anything i try to do it's because like i love badger football so much and i feel old and washed up a lot of the days so anytime i get to come back and talk about it like for you know a couple couple minutes it makes me feel like i'm still a part of the program in, in some fashion so dude you'll never not be washed up but you will never be like it's not negative. Like to me, I'm like, oh, I'm washed up, but it's a positive washed up. Oh yeah. It's great. <laughs> and I mean, you guys all know this too, like getting to play at a place like Wisconsin, it, you get to carry that for the rest of your life and it opens a lot of doors. And um, even now that I'm, you know, in my, my career and outside of football, like even just getting to talk about it, like, it'll, you know, it definitely is something I'll take with me and I'm very fortunate. And that's why I love Madison so much. Well, we are fortunate to have you, know, you yeah. here on the show today, David. Thank you so much for, like Bernie said, just taking the time to hang out with us. It's such an exciting time. You know, I, I think we're going to have to have you back in the spring or on the spring game to talk about that and everything that you're seeing because it is just, there's so many Ooh. more things we could have talked about today too, but I know I have to run to a meeting. So, um, but we yeah. want to thank you so much, David. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, yeah, I think my Twitter handle is like dmormon68. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm always tweeting random stuff. So look for me there. Uh, no, you guys are awesome, man. I love the podcast. Thanks for having me on. And everyone, relax. Like, bad football is going to be fine. And we're <laughs> dominating dudes in the fall. And we're competing for titles. It's going to be awesome. So People just need to take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. And don't tweet anything at somebody. Just take a deep yeah. breath and don't get on social media. If someone enjoy- enters the portal, don't tweet negative things at them. Because they could come back. Pro- 
They should come back. Also, because it's like if I see if I'm at another school and I'm interested in Wisconsin, I see that oh, all these people just like rag on the kids. Like, why it am I going to go it there? It can't just be at Wisconsin. I, I have to believe it happens not. worse it, than a lot of places. I live around a lot of Tennessee fans in Nashville. You ha- like Wisconsin is so tame compared just to this. Don't stuff. go on social media. Yeah, that's real. Follow. <laughs> I follow know. the dumbest things on social media. I don't get anything when things happen. I'm like. Usually it's because Matt texts me or some other alumni texts me because I don't follow stuff on Twitter that I'm supposed to. I follow like evil Paul Christ or evil (laughs) and like, I don't know, just other stupid things. It's like the old old thing your mom said. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's like it just applies. It's like so true and cliche, but like just applies to Twitter more than anything. It also applies to like 10% of the people in this world because nobody listens to their their moms ever. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And in the Twitter Twitter sphere, it's like 0.01 people are like, oh yeah, I, I don't I'm gonna say something mean, so I'm just not gonna say it right now. Yeah, uh, 100%. yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, I'm gonna go tweet at you how much I love you. I love you guys, man. <laughs> it's been awesome. We all gotta get together in Madison in the fall or spring for something and grab some beers or whatnot. Oh my god, please. We'll go to the old fashioned. We'll 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 do like a, a little mini tour of our uh of our uh Hosted. Listen, you know. I never got an official <laughs> visit, so you guys could take me on an official oh, visit. Be your host. There we go. Ben Perkins, I'm gonna do what I did to a lot of other guys, man. I'll put you in the ground. Didn't they stop <laughs> giving you kids after? Uh, they kept uh, asking me for like five or six years, and then no one ever showed up. And I'm yeah. like, well, guys, I know why. They have too much fun. They go to school. That's be- like just they had a different time. Like I guys hang. have a ble- uh, You don't even have to go there. I'm like, guys, stop giving me guys. They never say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how the coaches like know who to give them to and like like at this certain point like for me they gave me isaiah laudermilk and isaiah laudermilk was the only official visit kid I, I ever had i never they also gave me uh in hutchinson actually but that was different because he talked about michigan the whole time so like i knew he was going to <laughs> yeah. michigan yeah but uh i don't know my, my one guy isaiah he's in the nfl now so you're I can, one for one you're one, one for one one for one so absolutely uh, does it count wait, as i know Stocko? from your class the, the person they gave the most ovs to was chris Orr. oh yeah chris Orr, i mean chris is a golden boy like yeah. you can tell him like it, yeah. it was it was chris Orr through and through he was, he's the goat so if if stocko was uh was hosted by owen daniels but owen was my roommate and he came i think it counts so that i counts. have like a half i have a draw like a i have like a draw it's there like you when you play yeah. a game and nobody wins. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. You just got to claim them. Claim them as yours. It's, it's all I, because of you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. It's probably all because of OD, but all right. This has been too fun. We will see you in Madison. All right. Talk until next boys. time, thanks for tuning in to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show was produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.